Support for annual comes from Mail Gibbon. From Mail Gibbon. Mail Gibbon? More than 7 million businesses around the world. Using Mail Gibbon. To send emails, newsletters, and to deliver high fives. Mail Gibbon. Send better email. Very nice. I use Mail Gibbon. You do? I love it. Previously on Annual. Why would I torture my wife like this unless I was some kind of a sociopath? We haven't found one thing that actually nails down any one of the suspects. I'll wait until he's convinced that I've given up my crime career until he's virtually forgotten about me. Parker Rouse is Norman Osborne, and I'm headed to confront him about it. This is a Red Goblin prepaid call from Norman Osborne. An inmate at Ravencroft Institute for the Criminally Insane. From Amazing Spider Talk on wherever you download podcasts, this is Annual. One story told year by year, sometimes. I'm Erin Janaki. We're at episode four, our grand finale. You probably heard our first three episodes on the Amazing Spider Talk feed or on our website at AmazingSpiderTalk.com. But if you haven't, stop. Go back to the beginning. We are telling this story in order. The story of a Norman Osborne a threatening mailer who went after Dan Gavosden in 2020 and now 2021. On the previous episode of Annual, we outed that mailer as none other than Parker Rouse, a former student of Dan's who delighted in making Dan squirm. I'm uh, Parker Rouse. I was Dan's student at Severn School in Maryland. Dan had sent me a message detailing how he had solved the identity of this Norman Osborne and concluded with a stunning declaration. After a cross-country drive with his wife, Amy Gavosden, he was mere moments away from confronting Parker at his home. Like you, I had a rush of emotions. Fear about what awaited Dan and Amy elation that this mystery was solved, and an anxiousness to find out what would happen next. Come on, Dan, you can't leave us hanging like that. But now, the time has come, and all will be revealed, including the startling conclusion to this story. But first, a few updates to the story that will prove pivotal as we tie a bow on all this madness. Shortly after I recorded the audio for Annual Episode 3 and our team finished the editing, I received a forwarded email from Dan. It was another email from a made-up account. How I like to watch you squirm at gmail.com, posing as Norman Osborne with a smiling Ditko goblin and a subject line reading, The End. But this time sent to both Dan and Amy. It read, All in good fun, I'm not so sure. If Amy has concerns, perhaps she should have more. 
Disquiet, confusion, and false clues abound. Norman's carousel just goes round and round. Have you seen that show, Don't F*** With Cats? Well, I'm like the guy who makes those kittens go flat. Watch over your shoulder for me to go boo, because before the summer is over, you'll know who is who. Don't expect to hear from me anymore. The next time you see me, I'll be knocking at your door. Love, Norman O., a.k.a. your friend, your neighbor, your wife, yourself, your mother, your lover. P.S. If you want to know my true identity, just check Amy's email. Bye for now. Smiley face. Parker was having fun here, but the tone definitely caught us off guard. Threatening Dan and Amy's cats and asserting that he would be knocking at their door suggested a grander plan with some level of malice. But still, Dan and Amy moved on with their plans. They left their home in Los Angeles and began their drive to Austin, Texas to confront Parker. Parker expected their arrival, but called Dan to throw a wrench into their plans. As it turns out, Parker's girlfriend Zoe maintained several Airbnbs in one of the nicest neighborhoods in Austin and wanted to invite Dan and Amy to one for the duration of their stay in Austin. It was an offer that Dan and Amy, strapped for cash, couldn't refuse, but it seemed highly suspicious. Still, Several days later, after stops in Tucson, Phoenix, and El Paso, Dan and Amy arrived in Austin, Texas to confront Parker. But first, it was time to publish annual episode three, laying out the facts for our listeners and making it definitive that they had the upper hand on Parker. Okay, so Amy, who's holding the camera, and I have just driven from Los Angeles all the way here to Austin, Texas. Beautiful Austin, Texas. And we're here on pursuit of Norman Osborne. Uh, last I talked to you, I was about to confront him. Here we are at a coffee shop using the internet, and we are going to publish annual episode three right now while you're watching. So Amy, here we go. We're publishing that we know who Norman Osborne is, Parker Rouse, published. Dan navigates the back end of AmazingSpiderTalk.com and hits the publish button on annual episode three. You'll see how slow it runs. Okay, that's up. Uh, let's make this pu uh, public. And let's post a link to all this madness in the Slack. He copies the link to the Slack. All right, it is now live. We don't know what is gonna happen from here. Uh, Amy and I are probably gonna talk about our thoughts in a second, but uh, we've done it. The truth is out there, folks. Thank you, Amy. With annual episode three now published and the truth out there, it was time to confront Parker. Dan and Amy met back in their car and discussed their thoughts on their situation before driving to the Airbnb. So we just published annual number three, and uh, I wanted to talk before this whole adventure kind of like gets underway, because we don't really know what to expect. Nope. So we are pulling up at the Airbnb that Parker told us to go to. That is, I guess, his girlfriend's uh, Airbnb. 
which to me is highly suspicious. And I think about the comic books that I read where characters, or Spider-Man in particular says, I feel like I'm walking into a trap. That's how I feel right now. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, so I think there's kind of two things. I think we both expect that Parker's going to try to get this out of the way immediately. Yeah? You don't think, well, I don't know. I'm of two minds. He'll either be, I mean, this has been going on for a year and a half. So yes, he'll be, it's one of two ways. He'll either want to draw it out. Yeah. Right. Or it's, get it over with. Or get it over with. Yeah, I don't know. What would I mean, be a bigger thing to, like, walk into? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just been so particular about the details of this that it makes yeah. me seem like he's been using this time, like, asking when we're arriving, uh-huh. you know, making well, sure that we're... Well, he would need to know that. Yeah, that's friend. true. So, we don't really know one way or the other. If we're walking into it, we're going to film... You're going to film us opening the door to find whatever the heck is in that Airbnb. If If not, and this is what I actually suspect, is that maybe... He's going to let us get settled. He told me to text him when we get in there. And the riddle in that creepy email that uh, that I would have called the police on if, if it wasn't that I knew him, that email says, the next thing you know, I'll be knocking at your door. So he may want to ma- at least make real on his You know how lame this is going to be rhyme. if all he does is knock on the door in a Green Goblin costume. And that's it. That's going to be so or just, lame. Or just open the door and he's like, hi, I, I've actually been normal. That would be really lame. But I, I, I think after all this time, if he goes lame, that would be really out of character okay. for him. So, right. like, well. we're going to kind of play it by ear. Like, we, I was originally going to show up in a Spider-Man costume. But we've kind of decided to like lay low yeah. and let him feel like he has a victory mm-hmm. so that then we can kind of like spring it on him that he doesn't actually have a victory. Right. Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah. But I think if we get in there, and this, I guess we'll have to decide this, if we get in there and he, there's nothing there, then we have another conversation to make, which is we know he's coming over mm-hmm. to knock on the door and probably reveal it. Do I put on a Spider Man costume and meet him at the door? I think we bring the costume inside just in case. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe I hide in a back room in it and you give me a signal whether or not he's doing something. I don't know. It's a real... We kind of want to let him pull his trick and then we've already beat him to the punch by publishing that episode. Um, to be determined. Amy, how do you feel about this whole thing? Uh, well, like I've been saying for a long time, I'm just ready for this to be over. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, I like a good surprise. I like a good practical joke, but I like when they're done, you know, that they come to, there's like a sense of Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So how do you feel it's going to be done? How do you feel on the precipice of it being over? I still want to punch him in the face. So we'll see if that happens. Okay. All right. Well, that to to be determined, if you hear a smack sound, you'll, you'll know. Okay. Well, we're going to figure this out. This is it. The moment of truth. Bye. So the plan was set. They would let Parker pull off his grand finale, giving him a perceived victory until they revealed the truth, that they've known his secret for a while. He was, in fact, Norman Osborn. Airbnb, Dan and Amy passed a cemetery and their anxieties began to peak. Cemetery right here. <laughs> Amy, there's a cemetery right here. We're gonna get oh. buried. This is where he's gonna murder us. This and, is not funny. And bury us in the cemetery. That is not funny. 
I actually told Dan that we need to have like a friend prepared to call the Austin PD if we don't respond within an hour of arriving. <laughs> I still think we need to turn do that. Turn East 12th Street, then turn right onto San okay. Bernard Street. Turning a few corners past the cemetery, passing famous barbecue spots like Franklin's and Micklethwaite, they finally arrived at the Airbnb. From outside, it was unassuming. A colonial-style home across the street from a church, sitting on a quiet corner in the shade of trees. If there was a trap awaiting Dan and Amy, there certainly was no clue of it from the outside looking in. Was this it? The end of our journey just a few short steps away? Dan and Amy readied their cameras, gathered their luggage, and prepared to enter the home. Here's the really cute house where we're going to be staying. Super cute. All right. Going into our vacation. Parts Austin. Oh man, this is gorgeous. Is it? Yeah. It's like a historic house. Here, I'm going to come in and put my I can't believe they're letting us stay here. I know, right? Oh, wow. Wow. Look at this, guys. It's like a whole historic home. This reminds me of my great-grandmother's house with the really high ceilings. There's like carvings, humanity and stuff. We're gonna have fun. This is awesome. This is awesome. Let me put my stuff down. How many bedrooms are there? There seems to be one in here. Okay. Well, let's look at it. <laughs> this is the small room. Nice. Yeah. Cute. What's in here? Another bedroom? Another bedroom. Cute. Okay. So I think they did up the first one for us with okay. the yellow. So, that, so we're only dirtying one room, which makes sense. Yeah. And the bathroom is really, really cute. Adorable. It's got its own wardrobe and everything. Adorable. This is fun. You know what you pay for this? <laughs> More than we could afford. Probably. <laughs> Very cute. Very cute. Chandeliers, historic furniture, a bar. This home had it all. But no Norman Osborne. Parker's grand finale, if he had one, wasn't lying in wait in the Airbnb. So there were really only two choices that were presented to Dan and Amy. One, they could call Parker, invite him over to the house, and reveal the truth. Or two, they could call Parker and spend time with him, pretending to know nothing while hoping that he hadn't seen annual episode three and wait for him to execute his grand finale. They went with option two. They would wait. The greatest satisfaction they figured would be to experience his finale only to deflate his victory moments later. That was the plan and they were going to stick to it. So they texted Parker that they had arrived, essentially putting the ball in his court. I'll let them tell the story of how that played out. So after we arrived and Parker wasn't in the house and there was nothing set up for us in the Airbnb, mm -hmm. we decided to drive over to Parker's house to meet him. 
and we got there and you know we were kind of half expecting him to surprise us at the door in some way but he didn't it was just normal yeah normal ish he just acted like he was showing us his place for the first time so yeah it was really weird i mean you have to understand too the context of this is that we haven't seen parker in person in three or four years right right yeah it's been a while. so you know all of our interactions with him had been over the phone or FaceTime or things like that. So, uh, you know, imagine that you're going to see a friend you haven't seen for a while in person. Except and, that you know that they've been sending you creepy things I in mean, the mail. Yeah, there's that layer of, of, of yeah. And that something weirdness. was bound to happen, right? We expected there to be a big finale, but yet it wasn't coming. No. Although there were some curious things about the house when we arrived, right? right? All the doors were closed to every other room in the house. Yeah. And, you know, he has roommates. So, you know, I think in his mind that seemed normal, right? That all of the doors to all of the other rooms, including bathrooms, would be closed. But it was kind of weird. But maybe that's how they keep their And house. he was definitely on edge. He was not acting like his normal self. There was like something else going on. Right. He eventually kind of cooled down a little bit, but he seemed a little on edge. Maybe it was just my interpretation because I was on edge. I mean, we were all, I think, here's the thing. You have a group of people, two of which know what's happening, and the other person thinking to himself, oh, I've been doing this thing. You know, so there's just this layer of, weirdness so there were a couple of things we learned pretty quickly so we quickly found out because he had mentioned his name several times yeah. that oliver the guy that we had figured out was the guy in the birthday video turns out is uh his roommate, his roommate. he had me mentioned his name several times pointed out amy saw his name on the board in the kitchen yeah and um yeah, so we uh, already we know Oliver is actually his roommate. Right. Which closes a big question that we've had for a long time. Right. Um, he then gave us a tour of like the place kind of mm -hmm. and specifically his room. And this is where I assumed that he was starting to kind of like play games with me because one of the first things he did was return to me a book that I'd given him. I gave him – I can't believe I gave this to him. You accidentally gave it to him. You gave it to him – with a a box of other books, I think. I guess. I don't know. I gave him all of my Ultimate Spider-Man trades, but uh, he gave me back my first volume of Ultimate Spider-Man that I had Bendis signed for me and is one of my like most prized possessions because um, it really is like one of the main reasons I got back into collecting Spider-Man comics. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the first page in that book features Norman Osborn on it. Right. And, you know, I don't think that was really his to his knowledge, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I couldn't help but, like, start piecing these things together. Right. So from there, we kind of spent the rest of the night zipping around Austin, just acting like none of us knew. We got lime, and I mean zipping literally. Literally we on, on lime scooters. So in Austin, there's, you know, I don't know if any of you have been recently, but there are tons of those scooters that you can rent. Uh, and so it's really easy to get around. There are plenty of bike lanes there, so you can utilize the bike lanes on your electric scooter. So we did that. So he took us over to, to uh, University of Texas at Austin and took us to a few of his favorite spots on campus. Um, there's this like turtle pond that he took us to. Apparently he released a couple of 
his pet turtles there. Okay. <laughs> who now just reside in the pond there. Um, we got chili. Yeah. We uh, went to the famous like bats under the bridge in yeah, Austin. Yeah, the, the Congress Street Bridge. Uh, if you've been there before, you know what we're talking about. Um, and we spent some time uh, uh, just walking around downtown Austin. The, and, o- the one thing that I think is of note in regards to Norman Osborne is there was a moment where we went into this hotel to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. You went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. but I didn't need to go to the bathroom. So I was hanging out in the lobby and I sat down on this chair mm-hmm. and was looking uh, at my phone and actually on the Slack reading people's thoughts about annual you know, and, and all the updates and people wanted to know what was going on with all of this. Yeah. And Parker comes out of the bathroom, but I didn't know. And so he snuck up behind me mm-hmm. and was reading my texts over my shoulder. And I kind of quickly caught on, but he was like right over my shoulder and I freaked out. And I don't know if he saw it. Like I, I didn't know if he had seen that the gig was up, like that we had got caught him. So that kind of freaked me out. But by the end of the night, he never mentioned Norman Osborne. Nope. He asked like one question about the podcast and we weren't really sure what to do next. Like, what if he doesn't say anything this whole trip? What if we came out here all this way and he's going to do nothing? So Yeah, it was kind of weird, right? Like, you spend all this time in anticipation of this, right? Like, we had this entire road trip up to this point talking about what was going to happen when we got there and, and you know thinking about what he might do and what he might try to pull off um, as as the big reveal. And obviously, like, we're excited because we know it's him. And so, yeah, you have all that anticipation and then for nothing to happen, it was really confusing. Yeah, we didn't really know what to do. And kind of disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, So that was day one. That was day one. A whole day had passed and Parker hadn't made a move. There was only one more day left in Dan and Amy's stay in Austin. It was now or never for Dan and Amy and Parker. If Parker knew that they knew, it was like they were in a game of chicken. Each one playing patient with the other, waiting for the swerve. So day two starts and we had agreed with Parker that we were going to meet up with him for breakfast uh, and meet his girlfriend. So we ended up meeting them at this really amazing taco truck. Um, yeah. And it was great. It Good was breakfast. great. Um, no kind of weirdness. I, I will say Parker did seem a bit more relaxed. Um, but this was like our second day. It was our kind of last day in town. So uh, we were kind of, Dan and I, I think we're like, well, nothing happened day one. Something has to happen day two. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got breakfast with him and his girlfriend, Zoe, and then we ended up going to the public library, which is an amazing. Yeah, in, in it was Austin. amazing. It's one of the most stunning uh, libraries I think I've ever been in. And something weird happened while we were there. Yeah, well, Parker and I were like geeking out about comics and stuff because that's kind of a shared thing that we like. Yeah. But then we went over to the movie section, which is really kind of like the formation of our relationship is around movies. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we were pulling out movies that, like, we wanted to show each other, like, have you seen this? Oh, my gosh, this thing. Because they got a great collection there. Mm-hmm. But then, this is the most curious thing. Parker pulls out the movie Maximum Overdrive, of all things. Now, for those of you who don't know, Maximum Overdrive is, like, the one movie that Stephen King wrote and directed himself. 
but this was like notable because it was during his like cocaine period where he was doing a lot of cocaine as evidenced by the kind of plot of Maximum Overdrive, um, which features these like, you know, shipping Mack trucks uh, that, you know, come to life. But most notably, one of the trucks has the Green Goblin's face on the front of it that like talks and reacts throughout the movie. It's really strange. And so he holds this out to me and he says, have you seen Maximum Overdrive? Which of course I have. And... (laughs) Uh, and I and I tried to play it cool because it was like he was tempting me, he was showing me literally the image of the Green Goblin and saying, "Have you seen this?" And I thought, "Okay, is this it? Is he going to reveal it now?" Nope, he nope. didn't. Just put it back on the shelf. And I said, "Yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty crazy. Uh, the Green Goblin face there. Nothing." He didn't say anything. So. Uh, after the library, we actually ended up deciding to kind of take a, a bit of a afternoon breather from each other. Uh, you know, Parker and Zoe were going to go do some things, and we were going to go take a nap. And so we go back to the Airbnb where Dan and I sit uh, and discuss why nothing has happened yet and what to do next. Yeah, I mean, I think that the breather was almost like an excuse for us to get away and kind of figure out, like, what we are going to do. Yeah. Um because if he wasn't going to do anything, we were going to do something. Because we weren't going to let this whole weekend go by and not bring it up and let this thing continue. So we only had a couple of hours, though, because we had agreed to meet with them. We were going to go swimming in the Colorado River, um, kind of out by Zilker Park. Uh, if you've ever been to Austin, you know where that is. Um, and so we kind of had a hard out in terms of there was a timeline that we had to meet. So we only had so much time to talk about this. Right. So I think we decided ultimately that we would tell him when we were ready to go swimming, he would show up and we would bombard him with us recording a podcast, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. Because like what else did, what other option did we have to do? Let's nail him and then get his immediate reaction. Right. And we really wanted to have the reaction, right? Like we'd waited so long, there were things that I needed to say to him uh, and things I think you felt you needed to say to him. Right. And you know, you were curious about how all of this came to be. So we decided we were gonna corner him. Right. Podcast setup. So this was it. This was it. So this was it, do or die. Dan and Amy set up the house for an impromptu podcasting session. If Dan knew anything, he knew that his superpower was podcasting. Perhaps podcasting could defeat the Green Goblin. Three microphones were set up around the kitchen table. A spotlight pointed at the seat Parker would be taking. A Spider-Man mask placed under his microphone. Dan and Amy drew the blinds, darkening the space, allowing Parker no room to hide. His only option was the microphone and admitting the truth. Dan even called me up on Zoom and there I was ready to grill Parker on his crimes. All we needed was the man himself. Moments later, peering through the blinds, Amy announced Parker's arrival. His car sat idling outside of the home. He's here. Perhaps he knew that he was walking into a trap. Everyone took their places, and then came a knock on the door, just as Parker had threatened. Amy reached out to turn the doorknob. There was no turning back. This was it. 
Have a seat. Being assaulted. What's up? Sit down. Parker, we're all assembled here because we know that you're Norman Osborn. We want to talk about it. Norman. You can't gaslight us further. We know it's you. So first of all, I guess bravo, but uh, this this has to have happened. So we got to talk about it. Will you admit that it is you? You are Norman Osborn. (sighs) How did I get outed? Uh, well, Man, we can, that's we, not what I expected we, you to we, say. <laughs> we, can, we can get into this. Um, well, Aaron is here uh, with us. You Hello beat again. me to the punch. You did, beat me to the punch. Did I? Because I've been planning all day the reveal, which was to happen tonight. Well, and I've been I've been beaten. <laughs> sorry, I've not been sorry. Fair and square. It was a battle of the minds, and I was outwitted. Did you not know that I knew? I did not know that you knew. Okay. Well, there's a the twist to this is. We've known for over a week, and um, you should know that. Um, I'll just let it Dan was the show email. You. The email somehow outed me. I'll just let Dan show you. I uh, made a, a, uh, a grievous error, an egregious error, didn't I? You did, but the the bigger deal is I knew it was you by the puzzle, but the email confirmed that it was you. And I want to show you that we have gone so far, Parker, to even commission artwork of me unmasking you as the Green (laughs) Goblin. And there is a podcast in the podcast feed that has been fully edited featuring Aaron outing you to every single one of my listeners uh, that has been live for over a day. Uh, uh, It has been live since the minute we arrived and we figured you Uh, knew about it. Heinous. I, I, I... I was worried because I heard nothing about the emails and I thought I must have made a mistake and maybe they know and aren't saying anything, but I couldn't figure it out. Well, I know you've been trying to bait me all weekend by pulling out things like maximum overdrive and and other ways to get me to start talking about Norman Osborn. Um, but I figured you knew that I knew. I, I, I was curious if you did, but I didn't think you did because I've been planning the reveal for tonight. And have had several of my goblins ready for an epic reveal. We can act surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we, here, let, let's be honest. We did not want to do this right now, but it seemed like you had nothing planned. So we were like, okay, maybe we should just get this over with because we've been here for so long. We need to clear the air because Parker seems really on edge. <laughs> you have seemed very on edge this entire visit. Uh, I was in the process of planning it in between each of our times we would separate. That was why I was stressed. Okay. Well, that um, was why my performance on the podcast was so tense. I was sweating. <laughs> I was pouring sweat and shaking under the table. That makes sense. So like, tell me, tell me, where did I go wrong? Where you went wrong was like the wait until we speak. Because then it's like, who am I going to speak to? Right? Originally, I thought, okay, maybe it's someone that's going to appear on the 300th episode or something like that. But then I thought back on your giddiness to have us come visit you. And I was like, it's got to be Parker. Like, uh, I, I'm pleased, actually, that you finally caught on because I thought from the beginning that you would know it was me immediately. But you were so bl- you were so obvious you were so blind for so long. I was like, Dan's never going to figure this okay, out, no matter how that much actually I give him. Brings up a very good question: Was it you from the very, very beginning? 
Did you send the Spider-Man mask to Dan? Did I? I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, honestly, is it a conspiracy? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what we're here to discuss. <laughs> I feel like at this point in the process, this is when the villain spills all the beans. It was, it was, it was me from the very beginning. I was concerned from, well, from the beginning, I thought you would know immediately because I asked you for your address a year ago. You, you did, but I didn't, why would I think about that at the time? Well, then a month later, it, the, what came in my favor was I sent you the mask just as a fun gift, but I was sending you a little thing from, from one of the issues. And then I ran out of space to sign my name, but I was like, well, I just asked him for his address. I'll know it's from me. So then I sent it, but then you didn't know, you didn't know it was me. And then that opened up a lot of opportunities. Well, I, that's what I want to know. It's like, was there a plan to do a massive conspiracy or did I birth that into existence by suggesting it was a mysterious benefactor? You birthed it. You birthed it. And then the second one, I was just having a little fun by saying, maybe I'm not a benefactor, but then you were enjoying it so much. I was like, this could be bigger. It could be better. (laughs) (laughs) And I kept, and I kept going with it, but there have been copycats. I haven't done everything. There was, The person who sent you a doll? The Green Goblin doll? I did not send that. I don't know who sent that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because that came from Texas. Yeah, it came from El Paso. That was not me. seller in El Paso. That is truly fascinating because it came so shortly after the postcards that I thought, (laughs) well, this is weirdly timed. You would probably space that out. I had nothing to do with that. I don't know who did that. That's the one part I had nothing to do with. I have so many questions about <laughs> the the bringing people together to send postcards from all over the country, seemingly. Yeah. How did you make this How happen? How many people were actually involved? Uh, many. Probably 20 to 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> did they know what they were doing or were I, they just... I, some of them did. Some of them were just pawns in my game. All along, I was baiting you to get you to figure it out to be for it to be a battle of the minds where I would get outed at a certain point with the evidence. Because when I sent the birthday video, mm. I guess we could start at the beginning. Yeah, with I mean, I have all of the evidence laid out on my website. <laughs> I mean, the real thing that threw me off, I think, about all of this is you're not a listener of my show, right? Right. And so, like, it seemed to me like this was a cadre of listeners more than anything else. And I always assumed, like, it was you in terms of per- uh, your, your uh, personality and sense of humor. Yeah. And that you knew that I was, like, game for it because we have the same sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Which is something I do want to talk to you about as, as we continue in this conversation. Let's start at the beginning. So you talked about the mask. Then there was the Green Goblin pin from the U.K., and that was just uh, a Pinterest buy. That was unintentional that it was coming from the UK. But you you had a note in there. Did you get that? I asked the seller. I mean, you can say put a gift note. So I just bought something. This was not even this was not even much of a scheme at this point. I was still just having a little fun. And then I just bought that from Pinterest, added and said gift note. Maybe I'm not a benefactor. And then I just got lucky that that seller was in the UK. So then you guys, you guys made a lot out of things that were accidental. 
like the Manchester UK that was accidental but then that kind of spawned the ideas to have things come from all over the world and country okay so like <clears throat> it, it was that then it became that uh, card with the Ditko issues yeah um, and it up to the real now here's the real question I have for you is you're not like a big Spider-Man reader right I had you read the Ditko run and I'm sure you read in like the Romita first couple issues that had the Green Goblin reveal who who is helping you in terms of your comic book knowledge with with this thing? Well, you. The <laughs> <laughs> I while making the card, I was working on a show about nine one one call centers, and we worked from three p.m. to three a.m. every night. But a lot of my job just consisted of waiting around for the crew to finish shooting to help them break down and stuff. So I would be waiting in my car, sitting in the parking lot and just have hours to burn. So I started listening to a few episodes of your podcast, including one that was about the first original appearances of the Green Goblin. So then I started listening and learning from that. And that night is when I composed the poem that went to the card. And I got, you guys talked about each issue that the appearances appear in. So each issue that you grabbed letters from in that original card were in order each of the original appearances of the goblin. And then the one where it says all will be revealed, that final issue that you pull from is the issue in which the identity of the goblin was revealed. Yeah. He, he yeah. used your knowledge against yeah. you. Yeah, well, yeah. don't think it went yeah. unnoticed. Like, yeah. I was always impressed That was by something that. you didn't mention in your in your findings, that the, how the issues corresponded. So Got it, was okay. Like, okay, right. that one, yeah. And then I made that card up in the following, following days, bought a card from Target, printed that out, downloaded a Spider-Man font that would go with that, and then had sent that off. Okay, so following that was the birthday video where you uh, enlisted Oliver Jennings into... In, in, Don't worry, in, in, we figured it out. Oh yeah, I, 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 gave you, I had just I had just assumed you guys were dupes since it took you so long to figure it out. I was like, oh, I could do anything. And well, we never didn't figure out on. Oliver until last weekend. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, like you. I mean, you don't. The, the one thing that made it easier is you don't have a lot of Facebook friends, and, and Oliver <laughs> is one of them. Um, but. Like be, because the, our our the breadth of who our suspects were was so wide. I mean, granted, I probably should have done digging through your Facebook back when we first interviewed right. you. So you brought Oliver Jennings, your acapella singing, kayaking, uh, <laughs> or rowing friend into it, um, who said he was from Anchorage, Alaska. There was something written. Well, there was something written on the board behind him that said, "Keep sending stuff to Dan Gavazdin." There was something written underneath it. Was that related to to this in any way? It was not really. You made a lot out of that. Okay. That wasn't really. Basically, what the short and hilarious answer to that is, is that we wrote, send more stuff to Dan Gavazdin, and then we set up the video, and we're like, it's too small to read. So we just wrote it again bigger. So it just said, Got send it. more stuff to Dan Gavazdin. <laughs> but you did make a lot out of that. There were certain things you made a lot out of, and certain things I was like, He's not paying attention to this. He needs to be paying attention more to this. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. you can tell us about some of those as yeah. we go through these. So yeah. the birthday video, like, how did that, like, uh, arrive? Because you did submit one of your own to my birthday thing. Did you just kind of, like, go, oh, my gosh, we can jump on this train? Yes, exactly. At this early stage in it, I wasn't, 
all of it was like a born of circumstance and I wasn't taking a lot of it that seriously and I was trying to get you to figure it out because I thought that then you'd figure it out and then we would just have a laugh over it but at each stage of it you were like still not getting it so I was like I can't just give up the ghost like it has to now it just has to keep going because I thought first you would know that I didn't I just didn't sign the mask because I thought you'd know right away because I asked for your address but then you didn't so then I sent the benefactor and I was like he'll probably know this is me because this is my sense of humor but then you didn't so then the card I was like he'll definitely know it's me after this because what other person would come up with an anagram to send to him inside of this coded message I was like he must have really crazy friends if he doesn't know this is me right well, I mean away. the thing is I have yeah. thousands and thousands yeah. <laughs> of Spider-Man listeners like right. my brain doesn't go to you because you're not yeah. a Spider-Man comics guy. right so then I just kept it then I was like okay we'll just keep it going and then the video that just that was close after the card but it offered such a good opportunity because Amy reached out with the video and I was like as it, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I could just send this link to anyone? And then I was chatting with Oliver, and then he said, we should send. It was his idea. He said, we need to send a video. Not Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we need to send a video that goes along Oliver with Oliver is Frank. a co-conspirator. We like, oh, my God. So then we set that up and sent that off. And then he was like, oh, is there any way for him to trace it back? And I was like, well, you're Facebook friends with me. If he suspects me, he'll go on my Facebook, find you, and then I'll be outed. And then we can have a good laugh over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the kind of the, the, the thing that enabled to pin us down that we're like, this is for real. And then when you were, kept mentioning Oliver, and then when Oliver walked out of your house yesterday, I was like, well, there there he is. You guys did mention his kayaking history as a as a ploy to me, but I, I sort of, I was like, I must have mentioned that. I didn't pick up well, on Well, Amy it. Yeah, was yeah. weird when we were talking on the phone the other day, and, um, and you were like, yeah, I have someone who knows that. And Amy was like, well, what's his name? And I I was like, Amy, that's a weird thing to ask. I mean, I'm actually more interested in, you know, we're going through these things and, and Parker is mentioning, oh, you know, you made a lot of things that didn't matter. And then things that did matter, you completely missed. I want to know more about what we missed, Parker. Well, I thought the big thing, and maybe you didn't miss this, but you didn't focus on it as much, is the big thing for me was I thought, okay, the video, and you did talk about this, was that the video was only sent to X amount of people. So I thought, once I've appeared in this, they'll know that whoever did it was one of the 10 people or whoever they sent the video to. And I also thought, I was like, I'm doing another elaborate video for mine, so that might expose me as well. But... It seemed like you thought had that thought at first, but it kind of got bigger, and you were like, "Unless they hacked me somehow, etc." I, I and never then, thought yeah. I was hacked. That was an Amy paranoia. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was mine. Sorry, I my I brain wouldn't goes call that a the... paranoia in her defense. That's a legitimate concern. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you, Aaron. Um, I, it just seemed a little more remote than it just being like Parker. But that's why we brought you on the show, and then you denied it, and you've been kind of like playing along with me the whole time. Like, oh, that is cool. Or like, <laughs> I'm not seeing your Facebook, and I know you're not a social media guy. You know, uh, so you're not Spider-Man guy or social media guy, uh, you know, so I kind of. Right. There was reasonable doubt. Yeah. And and I can't I couldn't say like for sure I couldn't pin you down because it's like I don't have hard evidence. Right. Right. I had as much hard evidence on you as I had on Andy. Yeah. Um, Right. I was the first trying to definitely trying to point you with the references from the podcast towards Mark was I wanted to frame him because I thought he was the obvious suspect. And he was in oh, question believe for me, a while. They, <laughs> no, they definitely, they definitely questioned him. 
<laughs> I thought he would be the obvious choice. Mark was frustrated. I questioned him. Yeah, yeah. Mark was frustrated from this from the beginning. So, okay, next came the like green note with like burned edges and stuff and the hidden code in color coordinated letters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this was where you kind of changed your tone a little bit and made it a little more threatening. And I have to say, <laughs> this is the point where Amy started going, I don't enjoy this anymore. It was, well, it was also, wasn't this kind of around Halloween too? Or am I wrong? I think so. Yeah. I think it kind of so. Coincided yeah. with like the start of spooky season or whatever. But like, yes, I, when we got this, I immediately had a gut reaction of either this is a new person taking over the the helm, or <laughs> or this person just got serious. So well, right at this point, I think with the video, I was kind of trying to out myself on the previous ones. Like, was it taking it that seriously? But then I was like, all right, I'm buckling down now. Like, let's, I'm committed. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was this one. And didn't this one come from New York? Yes, it's, and it said like the beneficiary. So how did you pull off all this mail scheme? So the New York, this was uh, sent. I just had friends around the country, and I would send them a letter with the instructions to take it out of the envelope, or I would have an envelope inside another envelope already addressed, and I would get different people in different handwritings to address each envelope, so roommates or friends, and then I would send them the sealed envelope with a stamp, so then just say, drop this in the mail, basically. So that it would be You've stamped got from another way place. too much time on your hands, Parker. Oh, well, it was during quarant- like it was you- during quarantine, so I had a lot more yeah, time I, on my hands I, I than mean, I was that, used I, to. <laughs> I mean, and, and part of like not finding you is like kind of that I didn't want to find you because yeah, like right. I was bored during the quarantine, right. and this made it fun. I figured you were maybe being a little intentionally blind to let let the fun let the fun continue. I have long suspected this about Dan because. Honestly, if he really wanted to figure out who this was, he could have done it a long time ago. It wasn't until I started getting increasingly <laughs> nervy about all of this that he finally started to. We're to gonna we'll of, come to that topic because right, I have a lot to right. say to Parker on that on that front. <laughs> um, okay, so the the clue in this was like Dan Gavazdan to find me, look around you, which I thought was like so vague was there anything that we're supposed to pull from that i mean i meant it more vaguely that i was somebody close to you in your life you took it literally well or or, and i I was also trying to shine suspicion on amy with that as well well of course i mean i mean the only way i could take i had to take it literally in some way because i needed concrete evidence right at this point yeah you know so i wasn't providing any no yeah no, no no Um, so this letter was uh, interesting. Now, the most important thing about this letter is it ending with the facade reference, which is really deep Spider-Man lore, and it's used absolutely appropriately in this riddle. Where did that come from? Like, I figured, I mean, now that like, I knew it was you, I'm like, I, you kept mentioning this comic book shop. I figured maybe you were getting that from the com- comic book shop guy or something. Is this something that came from my show? I think it came from the podcast. I think I learned about it on the podcast. Yeah, it all came from you. It all comes back to you. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You're your own worst enemy. In fact, you are Norman, just as much as I. I just want to be clear. Although you did say that in one of the letters, that if uh, if you were a villain, so was I. So (laughs) if that's what you meant by that. Um, uh, Okay, so next came... It, over the span of a week, the postcards, which I think was your most ambitious play. It was ambitious. It was ambitious. This was people uh, from all over the country 
uh, friends, parents. Uh, I had a friend, a roommate who moved out last summer and I had him drop letters in the different cities that he stopped in as he was traveling across the country. So Oklahoma city, Chicago and Syracuse, New York. I had Oliver's mom send one from Connecticut. I had coworkers of my mom send them from Georgia and I think South Carolina. I had friends of Oliver's from Los Angeles and friends of my cousin Megan from different parts of Los Angeles send them to you. So I had several coming from Los Angeles as if the circle was getting tighter. And I had my cousin from Portland, Oregon sent one of them at one point. What did they yeah. make of this? Like, did- I mean, every, all, everyone I know had been following this eagerly oh. and laughing along. And all of my friends knew about it. And we would just laugh. And we would wait for your Facebook posts. And we would all gather <laughs> around. And then we would just sit in the kitchen and go. <laughs> 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 okay. what, what did they make of annual? Uh, I don't know. I didn't talk to too many friends about about the podcast. I don't know how many listened to it, but they followed the Twitter thread a lot. Okay. <laughs> were there were there any postcards that didn't make it to us? I'm not. I, I think eventually they all made it, but it was slow. Mm-hmm. It was a slow process. And my thought process with this was that once you discovered the names, to me, the names was a list of suspects. And so I was thinking that once you had this list of suspects and then you cross-referenced it against who had been sent the birthday video, there only would have been a few names left. So that would have been, you know. the same names. Not all of of them. There's, I only included a a few people that had been included on the birthday list. Okay, I have a question. How did you get Carl Ozer's name? I... He's our teacher friend. Oh, Okay, I went on the website told you. of Sierra Canyon School because I knew I knew people from your personal life just from knowing you. Yeah. And then I knew, you know, I knew your family, I knew some of your friends, and then I pulled a few people from your Facebook that I didn't really know. Like Ron friends and and I had heard you talk about Tristan Ian, I didn't know any of them. I just pulled them from your Facebook. But they're all comics related people. Like Ron friends uh is like a former Amazing Spider-Man artist. Uh, Ian is the host of the Comic Geek Speak podcast. And so, like, he was my first guest when you put the speak in the puzzle because I was like, oh, speak, like, Comic Geek Speak. Maybe oh, it's okay. Or something. I mean, like, you know, you said you tried to limit it, but Parker, you, Brian, and Andy, who were the, my three suspects from the birthday video list, were also on postcards. So it right. didn't really help me narrow it. Well, those were those your only three from the bird that you were suspecting yeah. from. Okay, interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was trying to get you down to a very small number so you could be like, I know it's, it's one of it, these yeah. three people, and then I have to find the answer. I mean, you were again yeah. well, the long the suspect because like I really don't like after this and Amy becoming really worried. I knew Andy wouldn't torture me like and Amy <laughs> like this. But I also was like hoping that you wouldn't either because I was like I think highly of Parker in that regard. <laughs> Um, so, so Carl Ozer was a just a random pick. Random. I just went on the Facebook and I went to. Is he in your department? No, he's in the music department. I don't know. I think I just looked through the faculty list and picked someone that was your age. Okay. Well, there you go. It's funny because Carl and I are clo- are close, so yeah. it's kind of creepy that you're yeah. invading my work in that way. Um, <laughs> Was was and, and there's like the Kent like is a guy that I like podcasted with like maybe once, 
Was that who that I was think, supposed I to think be? I think that was a poll from Facebook or something. Okay. okay I, yeah. Okay. So, um, so here's where we get to the uncomfortable part of the, of this conversation, Parker, which is I asked you to email me anonymously so that I could tell Amy this was fun and games and you didn't. And I got to admit, like, I either want to hug you or punch you in the face. right? Now. And I'll punch him uh, because I had to put up with that anxiety uh, and, and rightful anxiety because it would have been very easy for you to just go like, oh, hey, don't worry. this You're not going to get murdered in 2020, uh, like with the creepy stuff that happens on the Internet. Why didn't you do like I'm asking you as a friend. Why didn't you do that? <laughs> so the truth of that is as it went on longer and longer, I started following your Internet posts less and less. And then as after when at what point did you ask for the email? At the end of the annual episode two. Which came out when? In, I believe, in November, uh, October or November. Oh, my God. Okay. That's the one when we interviewed you. Really? Okay. Actually, I never saw that request okay. for, the, for the email, first That's of all. That's what I figured, yeah. If I had seen it, I don't think I would have emailed you <laughs> saying it was fun in games. <laughs> and then you mentioned it to me recently, and I was like, well, I just want to email it and up the stakes and make it even creepier. Because I knew I was going to reveal it. We we gotta we gotta talk about that. <laughs> because uh, I thought at this point I didn't see it then. I'm not sure. I probably would have brought it to a close sooner had I seen that then. Then this coming when I did hear about it, which was from you, like honestly, maybe two weeks ago, and I heard you mention that. I thought, okay, I'm gonna up the creepiness because I'm gonna reveal it to them in a week. So they'll be on pins and needles for a week, and then I'll reveal it. So what was the plan? What was the plan for the big reveal that well, would be happening tonight? Dan and I and Amy were about to go swimming, and then we were going to go to dinner. And then I was going to convince you to come back to my house instead of coming here to play games. Then I was going to feign being sick and wanting you guys to go home. And I had rented a Green Goblin mask. And I was going to have, once you guys had left my house, knowing that I was still at the house... I had Jake prepped to be standing in the street holding a sign saying Dan Gavazdin. And I felt like I had to go as big as possible with the finale because the buildup was so strong, was so long, and everyone is thinking, oh, unless he murders you, this really isn't going to be worth it. <laughs> so. I, I don't know that Amy or I were thinking that. No, no. So We'll talk about that in a second, though. Don't worry. Okay, okay, good. I look forward to that. So I was thinking... I was thinking, we got to go big. We got to go, what's as big as possible that he'll still go along with? So my thought was, I'd have Jake waiting in a green goblin mask, and he was going to hand you a note that I wrote up just now while we were separated that instructed you to get in the back of a pickup truck oh, God, and be no. driven no. To, a, to an undisclosed location. And, that would not have happened. The rest of the note, the rest of the note, I think it would have happened because the rest of the note said, you can either take the red pill, get in the truck, and learn all the secrets, but have to live with the terrible knowledge. Or take the blue pill and stay in your car and you'll never learn the identity of Norman O. And then it said at the end, it said at the end of the note, your physical safety is guaranteed. Your emotional safety is not. So I figured that one, I think Dan, if Dan had not known anything, 
and been given the choice between the red pill and the blue pill with his physical safety guaranteed that he would have gone along with it, even if Amy had protested. That was my theory. And then if he hadn't, I would have had Jake reassure him and let him ride in the front seat instead of the bed of the pickup truck. You were then to be driven with Amy following in her car to a place down the street to a sewer nearby that's easily accessible. And I have five of my friends with masks that I rented who are still thinking we're supposed to meet there at 8 p.m. tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And they would be waiting there in a circle where I would have jetted over there since you had left the house had the main theme from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man playing on a speaker. And then we would be circling, all wearing masks, one in a Green Goblin, one in a Spider-Man, circling. And then I would have said, Dan, I was right under your nose all along. All you had to do was look to the true identity of Spider-Man. Peter, remove the mask. Parker. Oh... That would have been very clever. Uh, but I've been outwitted. I've been outmanned. And I, I bow. I bow to you. I bow to you because I, I, I was outwitted in the process. I, I just, I couldn't wait any longer. Like we were, our plan was to let you pull off your thing and then hand you my phone, which had the podcast already published several <laughs> days ago and the artwork commissioned of me unmasking you. Fair enough. I should have um, done it. I should have done it last night. I should have done it, it last it's night. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, that's amazing. And I wish I could have experienced next, it. Next time. Next, next time. Next time. Great. There better not be a um, next time. Uh, I, I welcome it, except I'm going to let Amy have her piece with you now. Because, I, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, you should be. No, I'm actually going to read from the Slack some of the reactions to the to the emails was the were the emails posted i posted them in the slack because i figured you were not in there yeah and i right. already knew who you were at this point when i was before the emails be- be- before well no uh, I, before i posted the emails okay the emails revealed it i made a gr- yes. a, a, a big error we in will the tell you what that is yeah. in a moment so um i got uh, a couple people just caught up this is really messed up is amy doing okay i'm sure getting that email was pretty Freaky. That email rings plenty of alarm bells. I hope you all stay safe. This is not in good taste. Um, man, this is too far. Please be safe, Dan. There are some crazy people out there. This individual seems like one of them. Um, it has to be someone you know based on the episode two list from the birthday video. A pretty lousy quote-unquote friend to take it this far. Let's see what else. Uh, after the email, any good friend would say, sorry, bud. I didn't know this would get so strange. I just chronicled the whole situation to my partner, who is a very reasonable person, probably more reasonable than me, and she advocates going to the police. And honestly, it might not be the worst idea, just to establish a record in case something happens. In that regard, it's really good that you've been recording videos and taking screenshots of each new development, Dan. I hate to be the call the police person, but this person has also been openly threatening and the police have resources to find out who the heck is behind it. If it's a friend or a loved one, they've had more than ample opportunity to either stop or even just be non-threatening. And at this point, I had to put a stop to it because um, everybody was really freaking out. And on Twitter, the reaction was the same. And I got to be honest with you, Parker. If I received those emails and didn't know it was you, I would have called the police. Um, because I knew it was you, I actually had a friend 
uh, ready to show up dressed up like the FBI to your house um, <laughs> to uh, like say they had a warrant and uh, reg- grab your IP address. But I figured it might give me away if that happened. Right. Now, this is the point where Amy responds to calling the police and, and lays into you. Okay, so I don't want to lay into you too hard. We'll do that <laughs> when we're not being recorded. But I think it's important to note, like, like, first of all, we love you, Parker. Like, you came to our wedding. You've known Dan for a decade of your life. Um, but I think the other flip side of this is that I think the people in the slack are right about this. Like you did have ample opportunity to say something earlier and to maybe tone down the kind of, um, you know, creepy, dangerous rhetoric of, of, of this. Also, I think because the tone had changed so dramatically from the beginning to where we are now, that as a, as a woman who has gotten, you know, had a stalker in an apartment complex she lived in, in Dallas, like, you know, that's, that's uncomfortable for me. It brought up some, some not great memories <laughs> from when I was, you know, 22. So I, I think, um, you know, putting that into perspective in your future, um, pranks on people might be helpful. I think it's good to be like, I don't know in the future, I would hope that you would learn how to toe that line a bit more between being like creepy, but like appropriately creepy <laughs> if there is such a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's where I'm coming from. I was really uncomfortable Mm. towards the end. It was, it was fun. And then the last few things, the emails especially were really jarring and, um, violating in a weird way. Mm. Okay. That's where I'm coming from. Sorry to, to bring down the like tone of the conversation, but I think it's important that I say that on the record. Yeah. I mean, no, that's, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I definitely didn't, uh, you know, know about your history with that. And I didn't want, you know, I feel bad to have brought up any, any feelings related to that. No question. I mean, I guess I knew with your, I felt that before the puzzle and including the puzzle that the tone was still light and jovial. And I knew that the tone of the emails was in a different ballpark, but I also knew that you were coming to visit in a week. So I thought, okay, it's the final week. I'm going to ramp it up as far as I can go in the final week because I'm going to reveal it in a few days to them anyway. So you turned it to 11 when you could have just turned it up to like nine and a half. <laughs> it's like the, right. the issue. I, I think for me, like if I didn't, like the, I found out it was you after the first email because I was like, I have to figure this out because the language of don't divorce me made it suddenly very personal and mm. injecting itself. And I have long, I mean, Amy will tell you, I have long said this is all just a joke and yeah. someone like putting on the voice of Norman Osborne, you know, the threatening nature of it. But you can't know for certain, um, which is why I, I asked for the email. And I appreciate that you didn't hear that uh, yeah. announcement. Um, well, once I did, once you told me a few weeks ago, I was like, okay, well, this is good because I'm going to be wrapping it up when I see them anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I didn't see the, I didn't see you. I, I'm not, I'm not like really that upset with you yeah. about it, but I do think, like, I wanted to let Amy have a piece because I do think if you're going to pull this kind of thing on other people, like, it, like there are a level of like feelings that can get uh, riled up, even if it's just for a couple days, like, mm-hmm. it can be really frightening. To think like, oh, someone might be knocking on your door. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you never know what other people are going through, and using like violent language is probably something to avoid. 
Uh huh. I mean, I knew that. I knew that you. I felt that I knew that you would be comfortable, and I felt that Amy's uh, concern in the video over the puzzle I thought was still like jovial. I didn't think it was you like were mock actually. Concern. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was like no, somewhat I... mock concern because that was so light, and I was like, okay, so. I right. can understand that. Yeah. I think I was just really frustrated to that point to still be, to still right. have this and going on. And I, I, yeah. what happened with the timeline of that is that <clears throat> I was like thinking this around this, when I sent the postcards would be towards the end, would be like the very end. And then sort of what happened is I started working more and then like, it just sort of fell away. And I felt that with quarantine, with all the buildup that it should be in person. And I had schemed maybe like, coming to LA somehow to visit or have some surprise in LA or something. But with quarantine, it was impossible. And then it was like my momentum for it had slowed. So it just sent, went back to the back burner for so long and it was going on. And then I was like, okay, the only way I can bring this back is to have that panel from Spider-Man that says, okay, I'll wait, you know, until he's completely forgotten me. That was the only way I could justify such a long length of time. And I wanted it to be over, too. My heart was not in the last few entries of the past two weeks because I was like, let's end this. I got to build this up in the last two weeks and then cut off the head once they're there. So this could just end with a bang. I guess the only question I have left, because I I feel like he filled in a lot of the blanks, um, is now looking back on everything, how it's played out. Do you have any regrets? Do you have anything you would have done differently? I wish we could have had our conclusion. I wish I didn't get caught. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could have had the conclusion too. I'm bummed, but that's okay. I I had to spring. We had to jump on it. Amy and I have been talking all day back and forth. Do we do it now or do we do it after dinner? And then it started raining and we were like, well, I guess we're not really going swimming. So we might as well do it now. No, 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 no. I, I had always conceived of it as a battle of the wits at a certain point, And that one, one would win at one point. So you have won the battle of the wits. Oh, I don't know. For about sure. That. He but, is but older. I, so it makes I sense. It. Yeah. Um, I do want to add a couple no- uh, m- more notes from the Slack. Um, so were you able, before you do that, before, were you able to track my IP address from the emails? No, no. Did I leave a location note or a sent from my iPhone or something no, on the emails? No, um, I'm, I'm not going to explain it right now because everybody who's listening to this already knows how I, how okay. I did it. Um, I will play for you the podcast, <laughs> which is a full explanation of how we solved it uh, as we drive to dinner. Um, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, I think we do owe a big grat of data. Grat, a debt, debt of gratitude. Of gratitude. <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm so flustered. To all of those who have kind of helped along the way through Facebook and and through the spider slack and Twitter, because I think without kind of everyone pitching into this, we would have been outwitted. So really, we didn't do it alone. Yeah, I think we have to say that. And um, I want to thank like, well, first of all, uh, you know, wrapping things up here, I want to thank everybody who came on the journey. Like Amy said, I want to thank Aaron for being my partner in all of this. Um, the fun thing is that it's really brought a lot of people together. You know, I mean, I'm eager to hear more on your end about the friends who helped you out, but it's right. brought a lot of us together having fun with this. And I would say like, I have some hesitations regarding the language that we've talked about, but I do want to say thank you because this has really brought like a bit of light and excitement to a dark time mm-hmm. and not only allowed some kind of creative outlet through the podcast, but 
you know, you don't really often get caught up in a real life mystery. And it's kind of one that you don't really, like, I'll admit, I, I didn't really want to end because, it, you know, you dream when you're a kid, you dream of like being involved in a situation like this. And so as far as you took it, I still think like it's a sign of like a real friend that would one, know my sense of humor enough to pull a prank like this on me and to put that much effort into it. So I do, I do thank you for, for something so like magical uh, happening as much as it annoyed my wife. Just, just um, next time, whenever, hopefully it's not a next time for us unless it is, but if it is just don't turn it up to 11, just nine and a half. That's, that's fine. Well, the next time it's going to be Parker and I teaming up uh, to do this to someone else. So, Sweet Jesus. Uh, you know. I think, I think in the spirit of uh, a real life mystery, like you're talking about, I think I was inspired listening to the podcast and reading those original uh, run with Ditko is that that original run, the story of the goblin and the thread of the goblin is played as a mystery, as a whodunit. And his identity is never revealed for whatever, 30 episodes, 30 issues or so. So that was like the premise of the whole thing was stage a real life version of the Green Goblin plot thread from the original. <clears throat> and it was, it was, it was an act of of bringing bringing the world of comics into the real life and and an act of love towards you Dan and I I'm sorry Amy that 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 love bore thorns <laughs> You were an English major weren't you <laughs> Well uh I mean this has been a lot of fun and an exciting twist on things uh thanks for everybody for kind of coming along on this journey uh, the, the Green Goblin lives on. Oh, this has been a lot of fun, and I'm excited for you to find out how we caught you. <laughs> okay, me too. So, what now? The cards had been laid out on the table. Parker had confessed, and his final scheme was thwarted. Well, to the victors go the spoils. It was time to meet the whole crew who put this together. They were still assembled at his home, awaiting his marching orders for the grand finale. When Dan, Parker, and Amy showed up, they had to break the news to them. The jig was up. Sorry, guys. Parker had been found out. But the tone wasn't of sadness, but of merriment. They told Dan and Amy all about how they had been quietly sharing the tweets and the posts and the podcasts among one another for uh, over a year, laughing at all the twists and turns and helping Parker with his various pranks. Then they laid out all the parts and pieces of the planned finale for Dan. They came out dressed in a green goblin mask. and presented Dan with a variety of notes that he would have received to kick off the finale. They read, You've come to the end. The answers you seek are around the next bend. Get in the bed of this truck, and you'll survive the night if you're in luck. Here are your instructions. Sit in the back of this truck and place this bag over your head. You will be driven a short distance to a location where everything will be revealed to you. You have two options. The red pill... Get in the truck and have everything revealed, but risk living with the horrible knowledge. Or, the blue pill. Stay in your car and never hear from Norman again. The answers you seek forever a mystery. 
Do not bother asking me any questions. I cannot speak. Your wife should follow in her car. Your physical safety is guaranteed, but your emotional is not. Norman O. The instructions even included a coupon for Amy, a receipt for quote-unquote one husband, wishing that she would have a nice day, and stamped with the logo for Oscorp. Amy wasn't too thrilled by the scariness of the planned finale, even if Dan quietly admitted that he would have gotten in the truck with a bag on his head. I totally would have done it. I mean, come on. We've come so far. What am I going to do? Say no? Either way, since Parker got scooped, he did offer up one concession to Dan. That Dan could shave his head. Here's Dan to explain. Okay, so over a decade ago, I was a teacher of Parker's. Uh, Parker used to come in every single day and make fun of my bald head. Because, you know, I was in my early 20s and I was well past balding. I was very bald. And because I was a film teacher, I used to keep popcorn and corn oil in my room to make, you know, popcorn for movie events. But he used to joke that I would rub corn oil into my head to keep it shiny and smooth. And then one time on Twin Day, he came into school dressed up as me for Twin Day. He got a bald cap and everything. And we have this great picture of us together, of both of us bald, wearing similar outfits, pointing off into the distance, looking at our futures. And that's when I warned him and essentially cursed him. I said, you will look at this picture one day and regret it. And uh, I believe he has because now Parker is balding. It's almost like I cast like a thinner spell on him. Except thinner in this case didn't mean like physically thinner. It meant that his hair would get thinner. So in front of all his friends, Dan got out an electric razor and went to town on Parker's hairline. I might cry. All right, here we go, Parker. Oh. We're starting in the back where it's thickest. Please don't hurt him. Okay. Alright, it feels kinda good. <laughs> Hold my hand, Dan. Hold my hand. <laughs> One of us. Oh I do deserve it, Dan. There were a lot of jokes, a lot of bald jokes. There were my my mother is gonna die. She knows nothing about this. Oh, no. Let me explain it to her. She knows about the prank. The first touch, I felt a shock go down my spine. Oh, All right, please. we're gonna get you. Feels good. Are killing me. <laughs> what did he? What? Whoa. I hadn't seen it from the front. Larry David said he doesn't trust men that that aren't bald. <laughs> Well, he's going to trust you a lot more. <laughs> then out came Oliver, the guy from the birthday video, to finish the job with a straight razor shave of Parker's head. Hey, this is Oliver from uh, the videos. Um, hope you enjoyed watching Parker get shaved. Uh, go home and kiss the kids for me. It turns out that amongst the crew behind all the stunts, Oliver's kiss the kids for me line which was entirely improvised, had become a personal favorite. Oliver even took Dan up to the room where he filmed the birthday video. All right, we're going up to the spot that's not Anchorage, Alaska, where Oliver filmed 
his uh, video. <laughs> Cleaning up my desk. Oh, it's really a lot smaller of a space than I thought. Yeah, there's my whiteboard. <laughs> With the creepy message and the books that was everybody was there. trying to like. For months. It was up there like until not that long ago, that message. <laughs> <laughs> So, this twisted story of a Norman Osborne, the threatening mailer who went after Dan Gvozdin in 2020 and 2021, came to a happy ending. A prank between friends that dabbled in frightening language and good-natured ribbing was settled. The whole crew went out for barbecue and drinks, laughing the night away at all of the twists and turns they had gone through together. As for me, well, this conclusion came as quite the relief. Not only that the story had a happy and satisfying ending, or heck, even an ending at all, but I was happy to let it all leave me behind. Dan, Amy, and Parker, they were off enjoying their friends, food, and alcohol. I was content to let them be and for me to retire. My work was done. We had solved the mystery of Norman Osborne. It was time to close the books on this story. But after packing away my recording equipment, something later occurred to me while I was taking a run through my uh, Long Island neighborhood. This is uh, Aaron Chinakio, August second, uh, August second, twenty twenty one. I just I have to get this down while I'm thinking it. Otherwise, I'm gonna forget. Um, sorry for the noise. I'm out on a run. Uh, so I just I can't shake this thought that uh, keeps coming back to me. Something about that uh, the Norman Osborne mystery. So in our interview with Parker. He said that the Green Goblin plushie that Dan received in the mail wasn't his doing, that it was that it was a copycat. So if that's true, then why was that um that eBay seller so cagey with us when we reached out to him? He he, uh, he made it well he suggested in that exchange that he was in on the prank. There was like a winky face. And now we know that isn't true. So, is this the emergence of a of a new Green Goblin, like uh, what's his face, uh, Bart Hamilton or Harry Osborn, or is this the work of um, the <laughs> the Hobgoblin? Oh jeez, oh jeez. I'm not sure I have it in me to solve another mystery. I mean, if this, if this one's even meant to be solved at all, I guess uh, that's probably the nature of these uh, goblin stories, right? Where one goblin just becomes another, and the 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 threat, the the specter of of the threat, just seems doomed never to lift. 
Maybe I got too close to this story. I might have spent too much time thinking about this. And now, and now I'm beginning to wonder <laughs> what, what I've ignored while my, my focus was on the whole Norman O mystery. No, 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 I know, I know, I know. I just, I don't know, I had this bag of cheese, and it was going to go bad, and I didn't want to be a bad neighbor, so I thought I brought it by, because, you know, you you like cheese, right? You use cheese? You're a cheese person? Gary, why are you wearing a three-piece suit? Hey, Gary, uh, how long are we going to be here? It's pay by the hour, remember? Thanks for the reminder, Pilot Steve. Sorry, that's my, uh... Pilot. His name is Steve. Pilot Steve. That's why I call him. I got that. I got that. Is that your mom, too? Mom! Get back in the helicopter. Mom, no! Keep your seatbelt on. I don't care if you have to go to the bathroom. You just had a break four hours ago. Yes. No, she hasn't said yes yet. I haven't asked. I'm trying, Mom. Look, we're going to get back in time for Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. If you keep it up, go back in time out. Sorry, that's my mom. Look, Aaron. I just need to say this, okay? You see, our relationship, the one we cultivated carefully and methodically for years, some of it with you in it, is kind of like this bag of shredded cheese. We don't have a relationship, Gary. Semantics! And just like this bag of 2% milk cheese, it used to be whole. But then you shredded it by calling the police and getting a restraining order and getting me fired from my job. And Look, I don't want to get into it, okay? I mean, you were playing some hard-to-get tactics and some reverse advances, and you know it. Reverse... Advances doesn't doesn't that just mean that I'm moving away from you? That is so semantical evidence. All right, Aaron Brockovich, Gunnery, Gunnerish, Gunneruru, Janakio. What I'm trying to say is, I want to be the cheese that grows old with you, Aaron. I want to be the cheese that sits in the back of the refrigerator and is there when you need it, or or even when you don't need it. Or the cheese that inspires you to rent a $200,000 helicopter and go see a girl you've been thinking about all day, and a year, and a month, and, well, for a very long time. What I'm saying is I want to have cheese children with you. And do you know what happens 
to cheese over time, Aaron? It becomes Swiss cheese, and then string cheese, and then easy cheese, and then feta cheese. I think we can... No. I want to be your feta. No, it doesn't, Gary. Let me it... just say this, okay? I've been working on this in the mirror. Aaron, you got a butt the size of a stop sign, and I would like to stop at that sign and ask that sign to marry me. So, Aaron, will you marry me oh. for eternity? No. No. Can no. I finish before you give an no. answer? I already ran into no. Del Taco. No. Jason Mraz is there. No. Did, wait, did you say yes? No. Mom, no. I didn't quite hear her, no. so I think she Gary, said yes. I said no. JK, you're joking. That was you. Was, okay, the real answer. Ready, Aaron? Three, two, one, go. No. 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 Gary, no. No, no? No. Or no, yes. Gary, no. Gary, I'm already married okay me saying no to you should be enough but i would also like to take a moment to explain to you i'm already married i'm married to a really like like a pretty okay guy his name is mark honey is that a helicopter yes it's a helicopter and is mark perfect no 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 he's not not He's not perfect. He thinks that annuals don't count. And he's always sweaty from running. But I'm content with him. Like, really content. And Mark, I'm sorry I blamed you for being Norman Osborne, but ultimately I think this brought us together and made us stronger than ever ever before. I got to learn a little bit about you. You got to learn a little bit about me. And from now on, we do everything together with full trust. You are my feta, I guess. I'm your feta? Yep. You're my feta. And I've never wanted any other cheese. I'm cheese? I'm sorry, what the hell is going on? Why are these butterflies being released from the chopper? Who's the old woman clapping? Mom, I said not yet. That's his mom. That's his mom. It's his that's, mom. He that's brought my his mom. mom. I just, he brought his mom. Yeah, that's my mom. Doesn't we look this? Come on, man. <laughs> mom, sit down in the chair. You're gonna fall. Look, Gary. She's gonna mom, get hurt. I know she's gonna get hurt. Okay, I'm very aware. She's my mom. She's I'm very an aware elderly she's woman. Why did you bring her on a helicopter? Because I it's thought you were gonna really say yes. I thought we were gonna run off the Gary. sunset. Listen, Aaron. I ran into Del Taco. I got Jason Mraz, and he's going to sing The Reason, because you're my reason. But I guess not anymore. Okay? All right? Listen, Mom, tell him to release the doves into the wild and say we're not going to ride turtles anymore. Yes, I'm aware. I don't know if you should release the doves with the blades, and isn't that, like, really dangerous for the doves? Doves don't feel pain. So are we done here? It takes a bit to get the blades going. Yeah. Let's go, Pilot Steve.
There's a concert I gotta get to for one. Aaron, you've taught me something really important, just like you do every time. You taught me loopholes and restraining orders. I can't constantly knock on your door and whisper I love you and run away. Today, you taught me that I don't know how cheese works. I just like to eat it. How did you pay for all this? A helicopter? Jason Mraz? Even a Del Taco? Well, Matt, or Mark, Marcus, Tim. Point is, the person who has sex with Aaron. When you love someone, you do whatever it takes. The heart is an insatiable mistress. Sometimes you do crazy things, like take them to court, scream at them for hours, write them 75 emails a day. What I did, I paid Jason Mraz $500 and a few Burger King coupons to do a private concert for us. And I rented a Del Taco for half a million dollars and got this helicopter. What am I thinking, right? Aaron's lover, you got something real special. Now I'm talking about Aaron's butt here. And I want you to hold on to that with both hands and rub it all against your face. Okay. Um, Gary, you still didn't answer the question. Yep. How Take on earth did you afford all of this? Oh, of course. Excuse me for being rude. Well, between you and me, remember those, uh, kids I was coaching that made it to states? You, you mentioned it in one of the, the voicemails. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you listen. No. I, uh, paid them off to take a fall. I thought they'd lose on their own, you know? But, uh, man, it was 50 to 1 odds, and I had to take it, and it just kept winning, and winning, and winning, and winning. <laughs> I really thought I was gonna lose an awful lot of money, but I didn't. It was a close one. Can you believe five of those kids were Make-A-Wish Foundation recipients? They still were winning. Well, Aaron, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. No. I hope you'll be here at 4 o'clock. No. no, you won't be. Take me up, no, Pilot Steve. You will not. You will not be here tomorrow, Gary. No. Well... That was weird. Yeah. I ordered pizza. I don't want any cheese right now or ever. Hey everyone, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Annual over the past year and change. It's been a labor of love and sometimes fear. I could never have imagined that it would turn out how it did, with us unmasking Parker as our Norman Osborn, or that the journey would take us to so many strange places. Producing this has pushed our amazing Spider Talk show into new territory, and I hope entertained you in ways that you might never have expected. But, as a final note, we could not have done any of this if the twisted evil of Parker Rouse never decided to inject himself into my life. He started this whole mess, so I think it best to let him finish it. Here's a video message he just sent me. 
When I found out how Dan had bested me with just two small numbers attached to my Google account, I was pissed. Not because of the foolhardiness of the mistake, but because of the dim-wittedness of the man who figured it all out. I had felt in my bones that had I, Norman, won, and Dan had gone crawling, sniveling to the police, searching for solace, that my hair would have begun to grow back, follicle by follicle, and my male pattern baldness would be a thing of the past. But even though I now spend my time relaxing on beautiful Icelandic beaches due to all the royalties that I've earned from the annual podcast, I have this head as a constant reminder of my failure. Signing off for the final time, this is Norman O. written, produced, and edited by Dan Gavostin, with mixing by Rick Coast. Wyatt Unger contributed his voice and scripting talents as Gary from the gym. Fact-checking and healthy anxieties provided by Amy Gavostin. Special thanks to the entire staff of This American Life and my husband, Mark Ginocchio. Narration provided by me, Aaron Ginocchio. Head over to AmazingSpiderTalk.com to see all the clues and behind-the-scenes details. You can email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. Annual is a production of Amazing Spider Talk. A very special thank you again to all the listeners and puzzlers who tuned in and helped us solve this very real mystery. And a big thank you to Dan Gavosden for letting me be a part of this. This made the lockdown just a little more entertaining. The annual podcast has come to a conclusion for now. But in the meantime, do the world a favor and help us to keep it weird, mysterious, and safe. Annual was born in the era of COVID-19, but you can help us bring it to an end by getting vaccinated. With great power must also come great responsibility. Make sure you're living up to yours. Thank you again. Take care of one another. This is Aaron Giannacchio signing out.